Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. And welcome to everybody who's tuning in from the podcast as well. My name is Sean. I'm your host and everybody's favorite tech geek and gadget nerd here on the Anchor FM app. And uh, so it is Monday, and as is the case with Monday, there's usually quite a few interesting stories that have sort of cultivated over the weekend. So let's go ahead and jump in with today's tech download for Monday, August 28th, 2017. So let's start things off with a story that just brought a smile to my face, and I'm sure it will to many of you as well. Um, And I don't even really know why, but it is official. VW is announcing that the VW bus is back, and this time it's going to be completely electric. The classic VW bus styling is kind of intact with this new electric version with a little bit of a modern twist and a little bit more smooth curved edges and of course LED lighting and other features that you would expect on a modern electric vehicle and uh, it looks pretty cool. Now before all you hippies run out and grab your favorite tie-dyed shirts and patchouli oil, just keep in mind that the new version of the VW bus which is currently called the ID Buzz concept is not scheduled to be put into production until about 2020. 22. So you've got quite the long wait before we start seeing the new incarnation of the VW bus rolling around on city streets. But for those of you that have fond memories or always wanted to own a VW bus but never had the opportunity, you do have that to look forward to in the not too too distant future. The videos on their YouTube channel are pretty cool and it gives you a pretty good idea of what the um, new version of the VW microbus might look like. And I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how people respond to this because the original was obviously beloved by so many people and is still being driven around on the roads today. So the first VW bus was sold in the United States in 1950 and had a whopping 30 horsepower. But the ID Buzz concept version is supposed to have 369 horsepower from four separate electric motors on each axle. So that will provide all wheel drive and a 111 kilowatt hour battery should give the uh, VW bus about a range of 300 miles. So that's pretty nice. Um, you know, I think uh, I think that we're really starting to see a major shift now where, you know, Tesla has really given people a, a reason to be excited about electric vehicles. And I think we're just going to continue to see some more exciting electric vehicles coming from other car manufacturers now. So Tesla will definitely have some competition, I think, in the future. Um, but yeah, I think it's really cool. And uh, if you guys have any interest in seeing what the new concept of the all-electric VW bus will look like, you can head on over to the VW YouTube channel, and I'll leave a link here in the segment if you want to click that. Otherwise, if you're listening via the podcast, just search uh, VW concept or ID Buzz concept um, electric vehicle, and you should be able to find some videos for it. So let me know what you guys think. Keeping things rolling with the electric vehicle news, there's another electric vehicle startup coming out of upstate New York by the name of Bollinger Motors. Bollinger Motors is a new electric vehicle startup founded by Robert Bollinger, a former Manhattan executive turned skincare entrepreneur turned grass-fed cattle farmer. Uh, So that's an interesting background story. Um, But this report is coming from The Verge that says the Bollinger B1 is going to be an off-road styled vehicle similar to a Jeep Wrangler or some other sport utility truck with a range of up to 200 miles and with a targeted price range of about $60,000. Bollinger says he's not trying to be the next Tesla and he's not trying to compete with a lot of the other electric vehicles that are currently on the market or getting ready to come to the market in the near future as this vehicle will be mostly analog. 
Bollinger says even though the vehicle will be an electric vehicle, all the gauges, dials, and other interior elements will remain analog, similar to a traditional vehicle, but the vehicle will just operate on electric motors as opposed to a combustion engine. Power-wise, the Bollinger B1 will have 360 horsepower with about 472 foot-pounds of torque, and it should be able to propel the B1 from 0 to 60 in about 4.5 seconds. The plan is to offer two different battery size options, a 60 kilowatt hour battery, which would be good for about 120 miles, and a 100 kilowatt option, which would be good for about 200 miles, will also be available. Images of the Bollinger B1 have it looking basically like a jacked up Jeep Wrangler. It has big tires and uh, it has a clearance of about 15 and a half inches, although the clearance can be raised and lowered by up to five inches to navigate through different terrain. But at 15 inches, that's a pretty significant increase over the clearance of a Jeep Wrangler and twice as much as a Tesla Model X, which is obviously not designed for off-road use. Bollinger said part of the inspiration for keeping the analog dials and gauges inside the B1 is that he was trying to reduce a lot of the range anxiety that is constantly persistent in a lot of the current electric vehicles that are on the market. But on the other hand, I kind of wonder, isn't that kind of part of driving an electric vehicle is <laughs> constantly being aware of how far you can actually go on the remaining battery life? I mean, it's a little bit different than gas cars. We've all become so accustomed to being able to tell how far we can go depending on where the gas gauge is. But I think it's a little bit different with an electric vehicle right so um, I know for me personally if I was driving an electric car I definitely would want to know down to the mile how far I could go before I was going to run out of juice either way it looks pretty interesting and if you guys have any interest I'll leave a link here in this segment to the Verge article about the Bollinger B1 otherwise just do a google search for Bollinger B1 and I'm sure you'll find what you're looking for Last week, it was reported that Amazon had plans to cut prices at Whole Foods as soon as the deal to purchase the upscale grocery chain had closed for $13.7 billion. Well, today is Monday and the deal is done and Amazon kept its word, cutting many Whole Foods prices by up to 43% on the very first day. The Whole Foods store on 57th Street in Manhattan cut prices on many items, including organic Fuji apples, which were marked down to $1.99 per pound as opposed to $3.49 a pound before the merger. Organic avocados also went from $2.79 to $1.99 a piece. And the Whole Foods pre-cooked rotisserie chickens went from $13.99 to $9.99 each. Amazon seems to be moving pretty quick to make their presence felt in the Whole Foods stores because they also have Amazon Echo units on display. If you go into your local Whole Foods today, you might find that the pick of the season item that's often displayed at the front of the store is the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot. I'm pretty excited to see how quickly Amazon integrates some of their other plans, like for instance, Amazon Prime members having access to special discounts as well as getting Prime Rewards points for purchasing items at Whole Foods now. Um, that could be pretty cool. And as a Prime member and a Prime business member, I obviously take advantage of a lot of the Prime points that are associated with my Amazon Prime Chase card as well. So hopefully I can uh, take advantage of all of that and uh, get some discounted groceries and rack up some Amazon Prime points too. So let me know what you guys think. Are you planning to go check out Whole Foods now that it has a lower pricing thanks to Amazon? Let me know. It looks like some new icons discovered in a beta version of watchOS 4 suggest that Apple will be supporting more workout types in the next version of watchOS, probably to coincide with the next version of the Apple Watch, which is expected to be announced sometime in September. 
Some of the new activities that are represented by the icons discovered are things like cross training and functional training, which should probably mean it's a little bit better at tracking CrossFit workouts, which is something that I personally struggled with getting my Apple Watch to do in the past. And other things like fencing, equestrian sports, downhill skiing, curling, cross training, uh, cross country skiing, um, jump roping, kickboxing, and numerous other sports and activities. So it looks like the next version of the Apple Watch might be a better overall fitness tracker, or at least I should say the, the next version of Apple uh, Watch OS might be a better fitness tracker than the current version, which kind of forces you to kind of shoehorn um, very few workout types into the various different activities that you might be doing. So I personally am looking forward to this. Um, I really enjoyed the fitness tracking stuff, but I was always just a, a little disappointed with the lack of selection and variety in the types of workouts that you could kind of get the, the watch to um, recognize. The other thing about this too is hopefully Apple is working with uh, deeper on the software level to be able to tie the things that the watch is looking for into the specific workouts that you select. So in other words, hopefully it does a better job of tracking something like a cross training workout based on the types of hand movements that might be expected based on the heart rate that might be expected. So hopefully it ties that in with being able to better estimate the type of calories you might be burning with these different activities. So what do you guys think? Are you looking forward to the next version of watchOS and the new Apple Watch or do you still just not care? Let me know. It looks like September is shaping up to be a pretty important month for Nintendo, as the reports are coming out that Nintendo is still struggling to ramp up production of the Nintendo Switch in time for holiday. Everybody knows the Switch was a huge success upon its launch, being immediately sold out and hard to find. Even several months after its launch, it still is not consistently available in any retail stores or online shops, pretty much always showing as stock not available. So as we inch closer to the start of the holiday shopping season, Nintendo is definitely feeling the pressure to try and ramp up production and make sure that all the Nintendo Switch units that people want to buy are available to be purchased. There's also some pretty big software releases for the Nintendo Switch in September, and two of them are going to have a pretty big impact, I think, on the future of third-party titles on the console. And number one is NBA 2K18, which is coming to the Nintendo Switch on September 19th. I think this is going to be one of those titles that a lot of third-party developers look at to see how well it does on the Switch, because it is such a popular game on all the other consoles, so if the Nintendo Switch version sells upwards of a million copies, that's going to give a lot of other developers hope that if they bring a title to the Switch that they're going to be able to make a decent profit, and that it'll be worth their time. Also, later in September, on September 29th, is FIFA 18, and this is obviously a game that a lot of people all over the world are anxious to play every year, and I think that it's a perfect fit for the Nintendo Switch, just for the simple fact that you can pick up and play, you know, basically anywhere you are. And for someone like me, this is going to allow me to get more practice in so that when I go online and play, that I can actually have a more enjoyable, more competitive experience, rather than going online and get my butt kicked, because I just don't have time to sit in front of my TV for hours and hours trying to get better at these games so that when I go online I can actually uh, you know not get embarrassed so for me I'm, I'm looking forward to playing both of these games on the Nintendo switch and I actually think I'll prefer playing them on the switch just for that simple fact that I'll be able to get more practice sessions in throughout the course of a day and actually get better um, but I think they're gonna be really really important games for the Nintendo switch just in terms of developers looking at them to see how well they do and uh, EA has already said that they're looking at FIFA as sort of an experiment and seeing how well it does before they even think about bringing any of their other IPs over to the Nintendo Switch. So let me know what you guys think. Do you own a Switch now? And if you do, are you planning on picking up either or both of these big name sports franchise titles for the Nintendo Switch? Let me know.
And that's going to do it for another tech download here on Gadget Reason Radio. Thank you again to everybody who's continuing to tune in and favorite the station, as well as everybody who's subscribing to the podcast. I appreciate it. Any feedback you guys want to leave, feel free to leave me a comment or a call in. Otherwise, you can always find me on social media at Gadget Reason. That's going to do it for this episode. I will catch you guys tomorrow with the tech download for Tuesday. Have a good night.